right, brothers, welcome back to another episode of Porn and the Gospel. I'm excited to be here with you. It, um, man, it's been a little bit too long. I, I've wanted to record one sooner and I thought about it and I thought about it. It's been an extremely busy January, but that's no excuse. Um, because if you really want to do something, you can do it. <laughs> I mean, and I have found this out recently because in uh, this, for this first quarter, one of the things that I am doing with some friends at the gym is completing this program called 75 hard. And it's really caused me to evaluate how I spend my time, because there's a lot of things in here that you have to do every single day that take more time than normal. And things like you have to work out two times a day for 45 minutes. One of these workouts has to be outside. Um, you have to drink a gallon of water. You have to um, follow a diet. I mean, there's, you have to re read 10 pages. So all of these things are not necessarily difficult in themselves, but when you pile them on top of each other every single day, yeah, it, it takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of focus and it takes a lot of energy and it takes a lot of preparation. Uh, and so I have, so when you add something like this into your life, that means you remove something else, right? You replace something else. Now, the, the goal is that you replace negative habits, you replace negative things in your life or things that are not adding value with these more positive things. And uh, I can tell you what I've done is I've uh, taken away recording podcasts, which is not good. So here I am, it's Sunday morning. And I am on the microphone, and I'm excited to be here with you. And I, uh, we, we're going to dive right into First Thessalonians because there's some things I want to share with you, and I'm excited to do this because, man, God has been wearing me out in a good way. It's been wearing me out in a good way, and you know, it's it's been so so good. So one thing that has not that I have not neglected is my personal time in the word. And that's something we can never, ever neglect. Brother, if you want to be free from pornography and masturbation in a way that exalt Christ, then the word and prayer and time with him is going to be, uh, have to be a priority. And it's interesting doing this 75 hard program. I was uh, in the gym with a a friend of mine who's not doing it. And I was encouraging him to do it. I was like, Hey, Randy, what we mean, you need to do this with me. You need to do this with us. And he said, no, nah, I, I can't do that. I don't, he, he looked at the rules and he said two 45 minute workouts. I don't have time to do that. And I said, yeah, you do. Like you have time if you want to make time. And he goes, no, 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 no. And I said, well, if I was going to give you $10 million, would you do it? And he just stared at me. And then he came up with another excuse. He said, well, that's not good for your body. It's not good for your body to work out two days a week or two times a day. And I said, it doesn't, they don't have to be grinded out workouts where you're just punishing yourself. And so we went back and forth, back and forth, but, uh, it really has helped me like think through, I always, I have time for what I believe is important in my life. That's it. You brother have time to do things that are important that you feel are important. And so I just want to encourage you and exhort you that if you, as we're moving in, we're almost done with January here in 2022. If you are not committed 
on a daily basis to the word of God, like intake of the word of God, then man, I want to encourage you to, to start this. Like it doesn't have to be read through the whole Bible in a year. It doesn't have to be any, I mean, it can be as simple as just taking one book and say, I'm going to spend every single day in this book until I understand it. I'm going to spend every single day in this book and just read one verse or two verses and pray through these verses. I promise you the return on investment will be um, beyond what you can imagine. So let's look. I just want to keep like keep coming back to this book, First Thessalonians. Um, and let's let's look at what Paul is saying here as he's writing this church. <clears throat> and I'm ahead chapter three, verses one through five. I'm just going to read this. Therefore, when we could bear it no longer, we were willing to be left behind at Athens alone. And we sent Timothy, our brother and God's co-worker in the gospel of Christ to establish and exhort you in your faith that no one be moved by these afflictions. For you yourselves know that we are destined for this. So this church here in Thessalonica, they were experiencing persecution. Like any time Paul planted a church, for the most part, it was so contrary to the, to the culture of the day that they were going to experience trouble and tribulation and persecution. Now, both from the secular world, from the Gentiles, but also from, um, from the Jews. And so they were coming and, and they saw that Paul had experienced this, like they knew Paul had experienced this. And so he says, like, I'm so, like, I'm so, desirous of your faith and your love to grow and to continue and that you be steadfast in your faith that that we sent Timothy back to you just to just to hear and to help establish and exhort you in your faith and and church listen you know that we're going to have trouble you know that we're going to have afflictions and then he goes on verse four for when we were with you we kept telling you beforehand that we were to suffer affliction just as just as it has come to pass, and just as you know. For this reason, when I could bear it no longer, I sent to learn about your faith for fear that somehow the tempter had tempted you and our labor would be in vain. Like, Why was Paul so eager to get back to the church here? Because he desperately wanted news of their faith. He wanted news of their faith and faith, and he wanted to establish and exhort them in their faith. And now the, the word for establish, because he says here to establish and exhort you in the, in your faith. So the word establish here is like the idea of putting a, a buttress or a support in a building. So uh, this is what Richard Phillips says. He says, Timothy did this through the ministry of exhortation and encouragement, just as a building requires the proper support pillars and beams to handle its weight. The Christian life may be, must be erected on the faithful application of the ordinary means of grace, which is God's word, prayer, and the sacraments. So this is what I was saying earlier. Like, how do you, how do you have your faith established and, how do you have it established so that when the tempter comes to tempt you, you stand strong? Well, it can only 
be through the power of God, through the spirit of God, as you, as you meditate and as you cling to the word of God and as you pray through the word of God. So Paul understood that there was going to be great danger, like great attention from the tempter. Like he wanted, the tempter wanted to take these new believers and help them. Like he wanted them to lose heart. He wanted them to, to give up and drift away. So we, we know like Hebrews 4.1, like we're always in danger of drifting away. And he didn't want them to become a beacon of God's light to the city and to the world at that time. So he doesn't, Paul doesn't want their faith and hope to waver off of point, which is the cross of Christ. And so he reminds them that affliction and trials and testing and temptations are coming for every person who professes faith in Christ. Like some people believe, and I would say churches, some churches will teach that Christians aren't going to suffer affliction. Like God only wants to teach us through good times. God only wants to teach us through the Bible and not through trial or tribulation. Now, yes, obviously, I'm looking back at my life. There are things like if I would have just simply obeyed God's word, there are there were things in my life that I could have avoided. There are, you know, tons of troubles that I could have avoided just by obeying God's word. And he and God does want to spare us that. None nevertheless, though, however, we should know, like you and I need to settle in our mind that troubles are going to come. Trouble and testing and trials are going to come. And God teaches us through these times, perseverance. And then even through these times, he wants us to be an encouragement and a blessing to others who are going through the same types of struggles. So I love this that uh, Richard Phillips says, he says, the primary reason why Christians are tried by afflictions is that God apportions them to us. So think about that. Like, he gives these to us. So I wrote down, like, in my journal, I'm like, why do believers face trials, temptations, and afflictions? Why does Paul says that we are destined for them? And the truth is, is because so great is our indwelling sin and habits of unbelief that the furnace God brings us through should be used to refine our faith and hope and to be pure and Christ-exalting. Now, you and I, brother, we have to admit that we typically look for the path of least resistance. And so while we're doing that, while, we're, while we are looking for the path of least resistance, God is preparing affliction to mold and shape our character. And not just for our benefit, but the, for the benefit of those 
we have been called to disciple and care for in our homes and in the world. So think about Paul. How could he ever encourage and exhort and point to Christ through the midst of affliction and suffering if he had not gone through it himself? I, I, I'm, I could tell you, like, I would not even be talking to you right now had I not struggled with the same thing that you're going through. Not that, and, and the, I'll be very, very clear, not that a brother in Christ, a faithful brother in Christ who has never struggled with porn and masturbation, not that this person can't help you because they can. I, I hope and pray that they can as they point to Christ, as they point to scripture, as they pray with you and encourage you and hold you accountable. I think these are all great things, and I do believe that. But I'm probably going to come to you with a different perspective, having struggled with this myself. Right? And so let me go back to, now let me take us back to this 75 hard program. Let me make a connection, if I may. So Paul's telling the church, these things are, you saw they were coming for us, but well, they're coming for you as well. And I want I sent Timothy back to like shore up your faith and to uh, provide support for your faith, right? Establish and exhort you in your faith that no one, none of you be moved or come to doubt or come to fall away, drift away. No one be moved by these afflictions, for you know that we were destined for them. So think about this. Let's, I'm going to go back to 75 hard. What is 75 hard forcing me to do? And I was thinking about this this morning. It's forcing me to put myself in very uncomfortable situations and face face down my desire for comfort and ease and a peacetime mentality. Like it's when I know that I have to work out twice a day, two times, 45 minutes, one of them has to be outside. These are things I don't really want to do. Yes. I, I would, man, it would be great if it just said one 45 minute workout a day. I got that all day long. I could do that every day, but two makes me uncomfortable. It forces me to discipline myself beyond what I normally would. So why is this a good thing? Because we need personal discipline. One of the, one of the struggles with a man who, who is wrestling with porn and masturbation is that they lack self-control. They lack self-control. And so when you go through a program like this, you are forcing yourself to think through how you spend your time, the things that you do versus don't do. 
Now, I'm not saying, hey, go out and do 75 hard, but I'm just saying as men, we tend to look for the path of least resistance, but sometimes you need to put yourself in very difficult situations where self-discipline is required, and you probably have at some point or another. And so what, the, to, in my opinion, what this does is it pre also prepares me for other difficult things, because in my mind, I'm like, I don't want to do it, but I can do it. Like I will, I will resolve to do this thing. And so some of you, some of you need to resolve to study the word of God every single day. But instead, it's kind of like, well, if it's convenient, I'll do it. Well, if I have time, I'll do it. Well, if this, I'll do it. And so you lack the self-discipline to get it done. Think about this, like self-control is part of the fruit of the spirit. And the works of the flesh, and I'm in Galatians 5, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality. Like how opposite is, are the works of the flesh from the fruit of the spirit? They're completely opposite. Completely opposite. So let's go on. Let's move on through First Thessalonians. But now that Timothy has come to us from you, so Paul sent Timothy. Timothy has come back and brought us this good news of your faith and love and reported that you always remember us kindly and long to see us as we long to see you. For this reason, brothers, in all our distress and affliction, we have been comforted about you through your faith. For now we live if you are standing fast in the Lord. For what thanksgiving can we return to God for you, for all the joy that we feel for your sake before our God, as we pray most earnestly night and day that we may see you face to face and supply what is lacking in your faith. So Paul was hoping and praying and looking for two things in the life of this church, faith and love, a growing faith in Christ and a growing love for others. Like This is what characterizes a healthy church and a healthy follower of Christ, growing faith and growing love. So what causes growth in an individual or church? What causes? I think there's three things. It's the upholding of God's unchanging word. It's relentless prayer and it's fellowship of believers. I think it's those three things. It's the word, it's prayer, and fellowship, like putting yourself into gospel fellowship with other believers. And so I want to ask you, examine your life. Are you, is this something that you're doing on a regular basis? Like it's, it's easy to say, much more difficult to do. Easy to say, much more difficult to do. And so even in my life, I'm thinking through these things. And like I know like we've been long-term members of the Church of Brook Hills, but one of the things that Alice and I need to do is get back involved in a small group in a, on a regular basis, like together. And she and I, like we've done that for so many years, and I've taught 
and we've each been a part of a like men's Bible studies, ladies Bible studies, which we are currently even. And, and yet we, she and I need to be really involved in the life of the church. So this is something I've been convicted of, like that I am not as involved at the church of Brook Hills as I need to be. So let's look at these three things really quickly. So how do we grow in faith and love? Number one, exposure to the word of God on a daily basis. So exposure to the word of God comes through several ways. Think about this, hearing the word of God. So you could be listening to podcasts, listening to sermons. That's, that's probably the surface way to do it. But then there's reading the word of God yourself, which is like, I can't, tell you how desperately you and I need this on a daily basis. Then there's going deeper, studying the word of God, like studying the word of God. And, and, you know, you're like, well, I, I'm, I, I don't know enough. Well, that's okay. There's plenty of great commentaries that can help you, but your goal, your aim should be to become a theologian yourself. Like, understand the context of the word of God, understand what God is saying to his people at that time, but then also to us. Like you need to be able to rightly handle the word of truth with integrity. Like we can't just push off the word of God onto somebody else and leave it to, quote, unquote, the professionals or the clergy. One of the biggest uh, wake-up calls for me on this was uh, this gentleman named Herb Hodges. And Herb has passed away. Uh, he, he lived in Memphis, Tennessee, but he was a man, just a, just a man of God, like an incredible man of God. And his whole life was dedicated to making disciples and teaching on making disciples because this is the one imperative in um in the great commission the imperative verb is make disciples and so he wrote a book called tally ho the fox and then i remember he came and spoke to a large group of men at our church i say a large group there's probably a hundred of us in a room and it was just I was really convicted because he came in there and he was asking us questions and asking us where things were in God's word. And some of us were just like, Oh, we don't know. And he, he, he gently rebuked us and said, guys, why don't you know the word of God? Like this should be your number one priority to know the word of God. Because when you know the word of God, you begin to know God and you know the heart of Christ and you grow in faith. And then this, works its way. It works its way from your mind. It drips down into your heart where you grow in love towards Christ and you grow in love towards your brother. So don't leave the study of God's word to a professional. So there's hearing, there's reading, there's studying, there's memorizing, there's meditating on the word of God. Like the word of God is we will never exhaust the treasure that we can dig up, the gold we can dig through God's word. Second, second is how we increase our faith and our love is through a humble prayer life. So 
I say the word humble there because it requires us to approach our father with not my will be done, but yours. Like, and I have found this to be some of the most difficult work because it takes so much effort to deny my flesh. And it forces me to focus on the difficult work of putting my desires to death on a daily basis. Now, one thing I will say about the 75 hard program is that it, the, a 45 minute workout outside can be a lot of things. So if you read the Q and a, what, what is a workout? I mean, it can be a lot of things. Um, one of the things I love to do is run. And so I'll put my headphones in and I'll, you know, play praise music or I'll play a podcast or a book or whatever and run. But, um, one of the things is walking. Like if you just go outside and walk for 45 minutes, that is considered a workout. That's fine. Like that constitutes a workout. And so one of the things that I've really started to enjoy is just, and I'm going to do it here in just a little bit before church is I'm going to go outside and walk around the neighborhood for 45 minutes and I'm going to pray. Like this has forced me to go, Hey, here's a great opportunity to spend an extended period of time praying. If your life is busy, you have to make time. So number one, the word, number two, prayer. And the third is fellowship with like-minded believers. So this should happen in the local body of Christ. And Paul shared his life with the church so that he could say, and he said this numerous times in this, in the book, in this first Thessalonians, he says, you know how we lived. He kept saying, you know, you know, you know. So men, as men, we need, we must have other men who are unafraid to tell us the truth in love. So if you're not, if you're not a, like if in fellowship with other men, followers of Christ who are telling you the truth and you're telling the truth to them, like, here are my struggles here are, here's where I am falling short. Then you're going to be destined for a life of lies, lies that you believe lies that you tell lies and darkness and shame and a million regrets as days turn into weeks and months and years and nothing changes. And then before you know it, you blink and decades have passed by. So this is what, like Paul is giving us a glimpse into what a, an effective ministry looks like. And, and I don't want to say, I mean, Paul was, definitely special because he was appointed by God. He, he saw Christ himself and Christ appointed him as an apostle, but you and I also have ministry to do. And it's going to be dependent on the word and prayer and living life with others. I, I even thought about what this, what, what natural porn killer is like, what this ministry is. What is it? <laughs> you know, if it's not dependent on the word of God and prayer and other believers speaking truth into my life, then what is it? And, and the truth is I could think of a hundred things that I could do like with 
marketing or Facebook or anything. I could think of anything apart from dependence on God. And that would be, that would be to um, have a ministry with no power, no power. So brother, as we conclude this, I just want to encourage you through the word that faith and love God desires for us to grow in faith and love, and you can grow in faith and love as you submit yourself to his word and to prayer and to accountability with another brother who knows the truth. And I want to encourage you to do that. Like Paul knew, Paul knew that testing was coming, that trials, that tribulation was coming. And we need each other to get through these things. We need each other to get through these things. So I just want to encourage you to, as, we, as we're entering the new year, commit yourself to doing the difficult things. Like you could make up your own 75 hard program. For 75 days, I'm going to, and then name the things that you're going to do. I'm going to read one chapter of God's word. I'm going to listen to one sermon online. I'm going to go on a walk and talk with God out in my neighborhood for 45 minutes. I'm going to pray for 15 minutes. I mean, make, make it something that you can do, but make it something that you're going to have to give up something else in order to achieve it. You could get a big calendar. You could mark off the days as you do them. The difficult thing about this 75 hard also is that if you miss a day, if you miss one item from one day, you go back to zero. You have to start back over, which I'm, I don't want to do that. I'm 20 days in and I'm like, please, I do not want to do that. So I am going to figure out what I must do to get through all 75 days, just holding myself accountable. Of course I have people at the gym, my buddies at the gym who are doing it. And so we're also holding each other accountable, but ultimately I must hold myself accountable. All right, brothers, if there's anything I could ever do for you, reach out to me. I would love to hear from you, Spencer at naturalpornkiller.com. And um, I'll be back with uh, another episode of Porn of the Gospel.